When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. We have kids the same age, so you can probably relate to this. And you have two of them, mind you. I only have one I'm dealing with. But ever since he turned four, which happened like two weeks ago, he's discovered how to ask, are we there yet when we're on road trips? So we we were driving down to Miami for the road trip last weekend to go in part to this heat game last weekend. We were not even to the interstate yet. I think I had like left his school. I'm maybe 10 minutes into the drive. Mommy, are we there yet? This is taking a long time. I yeah. then heard yeah. this is taking a long time for the next four hours of that road trip. That's not as bad as what I get. I think that's a standard one that any parent prepares for when they find out they're about to have a child. For some reason, I always get how much longer. And that one really messes with you because when you first start getting it, you give the four-year-old the accurate amount of time. So you'll be like, recently we went to San Diego, well, 11 months ago, and how much longer? About four and a half hours, 30 seconds later. How much longer? I just told you four and a half hours, but I don't realize yet that you don't understand what that means. Right. So now it's everything's just two minutes. Two mi- it'll be two minutes. <laughs> oh, two minutes. So this kid, the youngest one, his, his concept of two minutes, he will be warped for the rest of his life. The rest of his life. Joe he'll Amber's be running presented. the two minute drill like Mike McCarthy in Dallas. It's always <laughs> yeah. just five no more kidding. minutes. It's five, always five, just five, five more, more minutes. minutes. You, yeah, the with the four year old. Yeah. goes with the, five more, the old five more <laughs> minutes. I did on this road trip tell the accurate amount of time and then Cullen started to have a breakdown because he recognized that sounded like a long period of time. So yeah. that seemed like a bad idea. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Rent out your protection, life, phone, and pet and health insurance. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh, hanging out with you. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports, and you can tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to listen to us. It is that simple. So we got a couple basketball games, a couple tied series tonight. They will not be tied after midnight tonight. The Sixers and Celtics are going to get it going in just about 25 minutes from now. This one with two teams that have won a game on the road, two teams that have won a game at home. And now they're looking to make things more interesting. A lot of people really high on this 76ers team at this point. This Boston team, I feel like, has been taking a little bit more of a hit. But when you pull a lot of the advanced metrics, I'm just not seeing it. I know Boston, the chemistry hasn't always felt like it's there, Joe. And there's been some questions there even when it comes to the coaching, right? You're dealing with a rookie head coach. But... To me, Boston's still easily the better team in this series. A lot of people seem to like the Sixers tonight because of what they just saw in game four. Be careful of that recency bias. Not telling you not to like the Sixers. I'm telling you the money is coming in on the Celtics. They were a seven-point favorite for this game. It trickled up to seven and a half. It is now up to eight. On the surface, this is a 2-2 series, which many would believe indicates that it's a close series. Go inside and actually watch the games. Not that close. Philadelphia's two wins have come by a combined five points, one of which required overtime. Boston's two wins have come by a combined 
46 points, a 34-point Game 2 blowout, and a 12-point Game 3 blowout. So through four games, the series may be 2-2, but Boston's plus 41 in point differential. Back to the Philly wins. James Harden is how this team goes. As Harden goes, so goes the Sixers. 87 total points on 62% shooting in the two Philly wins. Games two, or excuse me, games one and four. If Harden is going to continue to shoot 62%, yes, Amber, Philadelphia will continue to win. I don't think he's going to continue to shoot 62%. Just a hunch, since that's not the type of thing that's ever really happened before. Well, like you said, it's ebbs and flows with Harden's performance. Of course it would have to be. What bothers me is that first Philadelphia win, Harden put up 45 points in that series opener. And like you said, they still barely won that game. He then fell off in games two and three. Two and three combined for 28 points. Then, of course, he erupts again in game four with 42 points. So they've crossed for Harden the 40 mark twice in this series and the 76ers have won by like you said a combined five points in those matchups even with Joel Embiid scoring 34 points in game four as well that doesn't seem like good news to me for the Philadelphia 76ers it's one of the reasons I'm having a harder time buying in on them than most everybody else but Tim Bontemps doesn't agree with me and you ESPN's NBA reporter he was on the daily wager and he believes in this Sixers team in the past, you know, you go back a couple of years ago to when the Sixers lost the Atlanta Hawks in this Eastern Conference semifinal round, or even go back last year when they lost in six games to the Miami Heat. The Sixers were seen as a team that if they got down, they weren't going to be able to fight back and win. And we've seen throughout this season, the Sixers have shown an ability to take a punch and fight back. They had eight comebacks from down 15 or more this year, most in the NBA. And we saw in Sunday's game four, this team was down five with two minutes to go. As Joel Embiid said to me after the game, that's a game they would have lost last year. But they feel different about their group this year, and they feel confident coming in here to Boston's TD Garden and getting a game five victory tonight let me jump in real quick let me jump in real quick I see it go ahead yes before you make a big deal yes I am on the daily wager ESPN 2 Monday through Friday 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern I didn't want this to become about me and all these other things I do and the stardom I I, of course was gonna make a big deal out of that the great hair yeah I wanted to preempt that I didn't want you to make a big deal I wanted you to stay on track with the analysis. Smart, smart. <laughs> but, but Tim Baumtemps is there telling us on your show, The Daily Wager, that this is a different 76ers team. I feel like I hear that song and dance every single season. I'm not saying that James Harden and Joel Embiid are not good. Obviously, this is a good 76ers team, but that's a good Boston Celtics team. And I'm just not, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm having a hard time buying into it. With When I look at, again, how close these games are, what those guys have had to do, and James Harden in particular, to even eke by with some of those wins, Joe. I think this is Rivers trying to speak something into existence. He's trying to tell everyone it's a different team this year. In the past, things would go against us. We might pack it in a little bit. This year, we keep fighting tooth and nail, and people are afraid of us because we will come back. We will scratch and claw our way back into a game. But what happened in game two? You lost by 34. Like, you obviously rolled over in that game. And if you were going to show some sort of resilience, you wouldn't have gone out and gotten blown out by 12 in game three. So I think this is Rivers playing mind games with his own team, trying to speak it into existence, and I can respect that. But the keys tonight are going to be, number one, Philadelphia cannot fall behind in the first half. Boston has been electric in the first half of these playoff games. All right, they've won the first half in eight of 10 games, and in those eight wins, they win the first half by an average of 10 points per game. That's insane. Number two, Jalen Brown. 
all right? Scored 12 of Boston's 19 first quarter points and then just went MIA. Didn't take any shots. Three total shots in the fourth quarter in OT. I think he's going to get going tonight. You got to limit what happens with Jalen Brown. You got to start fast and you got to show this resilience that Rivers is talking about. But I'm with you on that one. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it because it's been nothing but second round exits for the last few years with this team. Yeah, and limiting the C's hasn't really been a big portion of this series. Really, when you pull the numbers, like defensively, the 76ers haven't looked that great. They have the lowest defensive rating out of all the teams remaining in these playoffs. Boston scored 24 more points in the paint in game one than Philadelphia, and that's with Joel Embiid, of course, sidelined for that game. But they're allowing the Celtics to shoot 38% from beyond the arc. I mean, defensively, I have a hard time believing that they're bringing in that effort to really shut down the Celtics and also shut down the Celtics at TD Garden. So we'll see. Maybe we're being a bit too negative about Philadelphia. Aren't you a Philadelphia fan? You're not supposed to be. I am, yes, very my... much. I'm a self-loathing Philadelphia fan, very though. I'm self. like, you get very excited about the Heat, the Sixers win, and I'm like, this is just setting me up for the next disappointment. That's all that's coming here. You're just lowering expectations yes. for your own team. Joe and Amber exactly. is presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> coming up, another day, another question about Giannis's future in Milwaukee. We will get into why. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
at about 15 minutes from now, Sixers Celtics tips off. So we're going to get into those series, continuing to break down those series. But also we have to talk about the future of Giannis and Milwaukee because some interesting things have happened here on social media over the last 24 hours. Giannis is posting some unique stuff. We've got to unpack what it means. But first, Joe is going to try to earn you a little bit of money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Got to make up for last night. Two and five minus 3.85 units. Brutal. Missing by one here. Missing by a half there. Shake it off. Overall record on the show. 105 wins. 94 defeats. Plus 16.14 units. We got a double dip for tonight's Celtics-Sixers matchup. Two player props. I'm going to start with my favorite bet. Actually, I'm going to go to my favorite bet second. We're going to hook you for a few seconds. Love this one as well. Jalen Brown over 24 and a half points. All right, here's what he scored so far in the series. 23, 25, 23, 23. Very high floor. It's not like he has a terrible night, but we still need to get to 25. So why do I think that's going to happen? He scored 12 of Boston's 19 first quarter points in game four. He only took three shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. After the game, he basically admitted, yeah, I got to demand the ball a little bit more. I have to get more aggressive. Expect the green light tonight, Jalen Brown over 24 and a half points. In addition, Boston Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon over 21 and a half par, which is points, assists, rebounds, add them all up over 21 and a half. I don't get this number. In the four games this series, he's had 26 par, 31 par, 24 par, 29 par. He's averaging 27 and a half par at home. It's 28 and a half. I know this is a lot of numbers, but basically what I'm telling you is the books are setting a prop that's way below what he's been doing in almost every single game this postseason. So Malcolm Brogdon over 21 and a half par favorite bet of the night. Number two, Jalen Brown over 24 and a half points. That is our first installment of tonight's pizza money. So that's what's happening tonight in the NBA. What has already happened in the NBA is the Milwaukee Bucks getting knocked out of the postseason. But Giannis is not knocking out of stealing some headlines here and stealing some attention because he put out on social media, I'm tired of the disrespect, I'm coming. This was a post on Twitter two hours ago, and he put a picture of himself sitting on the bench in the playoffs because you can see the playoffs symbol behind him on the bench he's got a bucks warm-up jersey on and he's just sitting on the bench looking very angry i don't know what this means i don't know what this is in reference to i don't know where he's coming it seems like he was going because he's right. no longer playing more basketball. going than coming he's more going than coming at least in terms of this season but i guess he's planning on coming is he planning on coming back in Milwaukee, I mean, are we supposed to be reading into this about the future of Giannis there with the Bucks? My first thought was that this is a reaction to a perceived snubbing as Giannis was not named to the NBA first team all defense or second team all defense because that was announced today. Your NBA all defensive first team, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis, Drew Holiday from Milwaukee, Brooke Lopez from Milwaukee, Evan Mobley in Cleveland, Alex Caruso in Chicago, all defense second team, Derek White in Boston, Draymond Green in Golden State, OG Ananobi in Toronto, Dylan Brooks, who was told he's not coming back to Memphis, uh, of the Grizzlies, formerly, soon enough, and Bam Adebayo of your beloved Miami Heat. So that's your first and second NBA all defense. 
My initial thought was Giannis tweeted that because he was left off, perceived snub. He had a great defensive year, but I don't know. I don't know if that's actually the case. Are you buying that theory? No, I'm not buying that because two of his teammates made the first team. That's why I'm not buying it. I mean, if his teammates hadn't made the first team, I guess I would buy it. But I feel like Giannis seems like such a team guy, right? That I don't feel like Giannis would try to take the shine away from Lopez and Holiday in that scenario. So I didn't. that didn't even cross my mind when I first saw this tweet. I mean, it, it would make sense again, without the context of his teammates being quite literally on the first team. But that's not where my mind went. Whenever I see this sort of thing, though, and I don't know that the player's disgruntled where he is, and he's not currently in the playoffs right now, so you can't be talking about that, you know, ramping up his play or anything. One of the places in my mind always quickly goes is, oh, he's setting us up for some sort of ad campaign. Like something, like a sponsorship's coming, a campaign's coming. He's releasing something, right? I, is that well, cynical th- of me? I, I no, I think there's something to that because let's look at it. This whole, I'm tired of the disrespect, I'm coming. All right, so there are a lot of guys in professional sports that like, they'll, they'll air their displeasure. They will show you, let you know when they're disgruntled. They'll make a big statement. He's not that guy. This right. is the guy that talked about how that 4-1 series loss to Miami wasn't a failure. And he gives these, <laughs> these articulate, well-thought-out, reasonable responses. Agree or disagree? He's a thoughtful guy. He's a pretty humble guy, in, in, in my opinion, as well. So when you float the idea, I hadn't even thought of that, that it's an ad campaign. Yeah, I think that check. I like your idea more than my idea. Let me put it like that. I don't think you Giannis Antetokounmpo is humble, by the way. Some of the funniest Giannis videos are him talking about how good-looking he is, how he's the best <laughs> at basketball. He's like this, you know, amazing husband and father and all these things and that you can't be good at everything in life. You know, he's, he right. is, is a gloater. He's very funny with it. But I don't know if humble is necessarily where I'd go with Giannis. But he does, again, he seems like a team guy. He seems like a happy guy. And to your point, he quite literally went from – Oh, macro perspective. You know, this isn't life. There's so much more to life than this. This isn't a failure. In, in life, I'm no failure. And he went from from that, you know, like ph- philosophical Giannis to all of a sudden I'm mad as hell. I'm tired of the disrespect and I'm coming while he's mean mugging in the picture. I It, it seems like such an about face that it's got to be something that's coming specifically like I'm about to launch some sort of product. What's he hawking? <laughs> what do you think he's hawking? A video game? I don't, I don't, well, no, I mean, that wouldn't really make sense. I don't know. I don't know what he could be setting us up for. Who was the one that did this recently where they got struck by lightning and then it turned out they weren't struck by lightning, but like that was supposed to be the whole thing. We all got worked up and then I think it was a sports betting, like a fan duel or something like that. Oh, who, who I, I that? vaguely do know what, what you're, I don't remember like, now. Phil, this show's it, gone off no. the rails. But yes, I vaguely know what you're talking about. And that's the thing is when, you know, obviously there's there are these lofty campaigns and could it be something like that that oh, Giannis is setting us up for? Yes, it was Drew Brees. Drew there Brees you go. was Brian. apparently struck by lightning on the set of something. And everyone's like, wait a minute, what? Sorry to interrupt. I just, it just came to me. Yeah, so athletes do do these sorts of things. Brian Windhorse, though, he said something interesting on first take. Now, this was back on May 5th. The ESPN NBA insider floated the idea out there. Could Giannis be headed to the Big Apple eventually? Is Giannis going to extend? I don't know. And that uncertainty is what the league is watching right now. The New York Knicks, for example, they got 97% of their attention on the Miami Heat. 3% of their attention on Milwaukee. What's going on over there? 
going on over there? <laughs> Windy. Ryan Winhorn. Don't you Windy do it, Windy. Windy does not say something with by accident, right? right? He did not say the New York Knicks, for example. That wasn't an example. <laughs> there was no example there. There's a reason that Windy specifically threw out the New York Knicks and mentioned that only 97% of their attention is right now on beating the Miami Heat because they've got their eyes over here looking at what might happen there with Giannis in Milwaukee. That'd be something. That'd be my nightmare as a Oh, Heat my fan. God. Giannis in the what. Big Apple would be something. That's nothing I don't I know if the Knicks are ready for it. They, well, they could use some scoring. I mean, as we've they, seen in this well, series against Miami, they could well, use first it. Of all, anybody could use Giannis, let's be honest about that. <laughs> but certainly they need some help, uh, how they've looked in this series. The Knicks always think everybody's coming to them, right? The Knicks always think everybody's coming. Every superstar is going to the Knicks so far. None of them actually have. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Devils are up right now. A goal on the Hurricanes. We'll keep you up to date on that game. Also, the Sixers Celtics are about to tip off as well. You've got Suns Nuggets later tonight. We are going to get into those series, bring in a little help for those conversations. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more pizza money, honey. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Completely caught off guard by this one. I am assuming this is my hockey selection, James. Is that correct? Yeah, that's good. All right, there we go. It's the Kraken and the Stars, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Total in this game is five and a half goals. I'm surprised they haven't moved that up to six, given that this has been an extremely high-scoring series with all three games featuring six or more goals. The Kraken have been surprising everybody because they've been scoring. Defensively, though, they can be a liability at times, and the Stars are jammed up after what just happened in the last game. they got to win this to even it up and take it back to Dallas in game five. So I don't see any reason to break from what's been happening in this series if the bookmakers aren't going to adjust from five and a half to six pizza money number three kraken stars over five and a half goals back to harden corner three it's good james harden gives philly the lead 42 for james harden it was a big time win to be resilient like that and everybody may play down the stretch uh, that was big time We are going to get into tonight's series in just a moment. We're going to bring in some help with all things NBA, though. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior writer. Dre, thanks so much for giving us some of your time. I heard you on KJM this morning, so you were quite literally going from sunup to sundown here on ESPN Radio. We certainly appreciate it. I want to start with what Giannis tweeted out just a couple hours ago. I don't know if you saw it, but he tweeted out a picture of him. He looks angry in the picture. He's sitting on a bench, and he says, I'm tired of the disrespect. I am coming. Dre, what does it mean? Yeah. You're a doctor. Unpack it for me. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it means um, that he does not like watching the playoffs and he's coming uh, uh, next time around um, to, to show that he's, you know, that, 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 that he's the boss. He's back where he deserves to be. All right, so here we go. Celtic Sixers just underway in Boston and B drills a three to open the game. Sixers lead 3 nothing. 
you know, we're 11, we're 45 seconds into this thing. Take me through this. It's a 2-2 series, so on the surface it looks competitive. But the two Philly wins required everything from James Harden, and they were razor-thin wins. The two Celtics wins were blowout wins. So are the Sixers really in this series? Are they that big of a threat to Boston, or is this just a matter of the inevitable? They're a huge threat to Boston because Boston should have swept, and Boston knows they should have swept. Both of those losses from Boston, they had a chance to tie or, or, or take the lead at the end and didn't, you know, uh, execute correctly. And like you said, both the Boston's wins were, were blowouts. And so whether they'll admit it or not, they have to be looking in the mirror like, dude, how are we tied at this point? Especially considering when the series started and Bede wasn't even playing, we didn't know if he was going to play. Um, and now he's had three games to kind of slowly ramp himself into shape. You said he scored three points in the first minute, so – What's three times 48? He's on, he's on pace for like 150 <laughs> points this game. So, you know, clearly they waited too long, and uh, he's all the way back now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, for real. The 76ers, they're a threat. They, they, all season, I thought that they were right there with Boston and, ironically, uh, uh, Milwaukee is the best teams in the East and possibly the best teams in the NBA. I think the Lakers have, have since joined them. But I think the winner of this series, you know, all respect to Jimmy Butler, the winner of this series has to be the favorite to to represent the East, and the 76ers still have a shot at it. Andre Snelling's ESPN senior writer joining us here on Joe and Amber. It's interesting because Joe and I are both pretty negative about the 76ers, even though this is a tied series. And Joe, by the way, is a Sixers fan, uh, but a self-loathing <laughs> uh, Sixers fan. Correct. But Dre, I'm just having a hard time because with the Sixers, like even when I pull all the categories, it's like they're shooting 3% worse from deep against Boston than they were against Brooklyn. Defensively, they have the lowest uh, net defensive rating out of any of the teams remaining in these playoffs. Uh, you talked about the close wins there and what they needed every ounce of it from James Harden in the two wins the close wins that they did get is what James Harden has done in this series sustainable because he disappeared a bit in games two and three although of course we know the monster performances he's put up in one and four right he didn't disappear a bit he disappeared a lot like he was he was not good in games two and three I have mental images of game three where he was so tentative, it, you would have thought that he was like a rookie. You know, like he was playing the way I might have thought Keegan Murray or someone might have played this season because he was passing when he should shoot. You know, he, he seemed like he was scared to shoot. He was driving into double teams. And, you know, I think he had more turnovers than, than field goals made for most, if not all, of that game. So he was really struggling. And so the dichotomy – but between him and Anthony Davis, the dichotomy between good and bad, I feel like that's not sustainable. Like, you know, they can't just – neither one of them, but, you know, bringing it back to Harden specifically, he can't just keep being either way the best player or a below-average player. Like, at some point he has to find some middle ground. And I think that ultimately that's what he's going to do. And the reason why I still feel like the 76ers have hope is because he held the fort, right? You know, that first game when, when Harden went crazy – Embiid didn't play at all, you know. And then the second game, Embiid was kind of playing, but they got blown out. In the in the the third game, Embiid played a little better, but he seemed like he was gassed by the time it was the second half, and and they lost by double figures. Then in game four, Embiid was strong until the fourth quarter when Al Horford started eating his lunch, and again, it just looked to me like Embiid was gassed. But it's a little further along each game, so now it's 
game five, six, and seven, that's money time. You have to feel like Embiid is as good as he's going to be, and Harden held the fort until he got there. The other game five we have tonight, series tied 2-2, Denver hosting Phoenix. Nuggets an eight-point favorite in this matchup. Home team has won all four games. But I'm curious, Chris Paul exited the series after game two when the Nuggets were up 2-0. So with Phoenix coming back to even the series, is it more a byproduct of the fact that they were playing at home or the different style they're putting in play without Chris Paul? I think that different style has to play a big part in it. Um, on Saturday, I, I did an NBA, like one of the pre- preview shows, uh, me and Q Myers. And, you know, I was talking about – actually, that was Saturday, but it was on Friday. I'm sorry, on, on a different interview. I was saying that I expected Devin Booker to be set free as the, the primary offense creator because Chris Paul is excellent as he's been in his career – He's very structured. He's the maestro. He wants everything in the half court. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. He wants to deliver the ball to the person, then let them shoot. Whereas both both Booker and, and Kevin Durant are such shot creators that they don't really need that level of handholding from, from their floor general. And so with Paul out, I think it set Booker free. Um, and it also made them rely a little bit more on their bench in a way they hadn't been. I don't know why they hadn't been, because they have some, some talent on the bench, but they had not been relying on that. And in game three, they won with no contribution from anybody else except Booker and, and Durant. But in game four, you started seeing the others, as Shaq calls them, start to, to put, you know, make their mark on the game, uh, you know, especially Landry Shamit, who you could argue was <laughs> uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth before Lonnie Walker the fourth. So I think that in that respect, Paul being out might have helped the team. I still think they're better off with him in the long run if he can get healthy, but maybe when he comes back, he needs to come back and fit into what's working as opposed to being the, the, the general that, that pushes everything. Andre Snelling's ESPN senior writer joining us here on Joe and Amber. So that's the sun side of this story. What do you make of how Jokic is playing in this series. I mean, it feels like to me, like Jokic is breaking <laughs> basketball, Dre, when you pull his advanced statistics. Quite literally, yeah. he's breaking back. Like, it's unbelievable. He's surpassing, you know, the Michael Jordans of the world. And I, it's, it's great that we're talking about Devin Booker, but what Jokic is doing is so unbelievable, and yet it feels like, once again, he doesn't have enough help around him. Is that becoming a tired narrative with this Nuggets team? Um, to some extent, because – so here's the thing. Yes, what, what Jokic is doing is borderline absurd, if not o- over the border. Um, he, he's producing in a way – you say he broke basketball. He's producing in a way that we've never seen before from the center position. But that's both for good and for bad, right? Because the, the, the excellent is, you know, the way that he can create offense um, for himself and his teammates is kind of unparalleled. But – his mechanisms of impact are all offense creative. He's, he's, he's not, you know, a, a defensive presence at all, which is what we traditionally expect from a center. And so, you know, I look at the last game, for example. Jokic went crazy. He had 53 points. That was wonderful. But Jamal Murray had like 20, 25 points in the third quarter, and then he didn't really get to shoot after that because Jokic was going crazy. And so there wasn't synergy there. It was like, okay, I'm taking, you know, you're taking your turn. I'm going to take my turn. So I don't, for me, that makes it hard to say he's not got enough help because he has guys that are capable of of producing at a high level. But if they're doing the same thing, then it's not necessarily additive. So 
you know, I don't feel sorry for Jokic. I think the Nuggets have a really good team. Um, I think that they just have to find a way for everyone to be able to shine at the same time. Andre Snellings, if you have not read his works on ESPN.com, you are missing out. Certainly one of our very best writers, ESPN senior writer. Dre, thanks so much for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. The Sixers right now up early on the seas, 13-10. to 10. The Hurricanes and Devils, now they are tied at one goal apiece. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, plenty more to unpack in this series. Plus, we haven't actually gotten to talk about Suns Nuggets yet ourselves. We will get into that series. Plenty more, lots of NBA news all around the globe. That's next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Lots of NBA stories to get to that don't even include the game happening right now between the Sixers and the Seas or the game later tonight with the Suns and the Nuggets. We will get into all things NBA as soon as we can. But first, Joe's going to do what he does best. It, he's not. I'm just kidding. Joe's actually you not and I do what he does are best. <laughs> just so dis- we look like the Celtics offense right now. We're so disjointed. <laughs> yeah, the Celtics don't look very good out there uh, at the moment, and we are as well disjointed. Well, you're just not going to do what you do best. Instead, you're just going to do what you do mediocre. Let's uh, fast break. Into the paint, tipped away, one of the floor, right to left, and jam with two. It's time for Joe and Amber to run the fast break. I mean, in fairness, James had up on my screen that you were going to do a pizza money, and then he deleted it as I was as I oh, was. Oh, then that's on James. It's he that's not on you. Literally, as it was coming out of my mouth, he deletes what's on the screen. Full disclosure: I did have that on the screen. I had it paused. I was typing some things out, Sorry, and then yeah. I took it down. But your screen must not have updated in time. So I think oh, there's yeah, just I think there's error on both sides. I don't know. Maybe. A lot of lag time in technology these days. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's not all my fault. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. All right, this is fast break. Let's do. Uh, let's uh, talk about some basketball here. So the let's Heat, do it. as as we all know, have a three one series lead on the Knicks. Say it with a little more enthusiasm than that. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> and there are some people who think the weather in Miami could be helping the Heat to that series lead. Here's Greeny on Get Up Today. Was how hard it is to go down to Miami and play this time of year. And I know people will immediately associate that with the nightlife and all that. But according to Jalen, there's more than that. There's also just the reality of the temperature change, the heat, the geography, being down there for three days. It sort of saps a little bit of your energy and your strength. We talk about that primarily in football. I know this is an indoor sport, but I mean, the Knicks, whatever it is, Jimmy Butler is just has, has just destroyed them. All right, so I mean, Amber's just been like steam <laughs> coming out of her ears about take. this topic all day. So go ahead, Amber. What do you think about this? I let this take go when Jalen Rose said it, frankly, because I've been thinking about this take ever since it came out of Jalen Rose's mouth when he talked about how the weather might be impacting how the New York Knicks are playing. But then when Greeny doubled down on it and get up today, I'm like, all right, this is too much. I have to say something. Why are we going with weather as part of the analysis of this series? It ain't the weather. It's Jimmy Butler. It's Eric Spolstra. It's Bam Adebayo. And it's everybody else on that bench and beyond that you weren't even aware of before you started watching this series because most people weren't aware of who Gabe Vincent and Max Struess were. It's all of that. And it's the Knicks, frankly, maybe being a bit overrated. And it's the problems that you've had with Brunson and Randall and everything. And with the New York Knicks, by the way, barely winning a game when 
the Miami Heat didn't even have Jimmy Butler out there. It ain't the weather, though. It ain't the weather. Like, it's not even – first of all, it's early May, Joe. It's not even that hot yet in Florida. If this was August or July and an outdoor sport, we could have that conversation. It's beautiful in Florida right now. The weather's low 80s in Miami this time of year. It's sunny. It's glorious. It's low 80s. The weather in New York this time of year is right around 70. It's high 60s. Like, there's not this gross disparity between the temperatures in the two places in May. It's a ridiculous take for a a multitude of reasons. And also, you know, air conditioning being one of them. It's called an arena. Can we get a follow-up to Jalen Rose on this? Because I'm sure he meant something by it, but I don't know if we have enough details or if he elaborated enough because I would love to know how the weather I'm sure there's times that you fly into Miami and like the steam and the humidity hit you, especially if you're flying from up north, maybe in the winter. Maybe in the winter it's jarring. It's so cold up there and and it's hot down here. I don't know, but it... It just seems like a way that he was trying to do, like, instead of doing just the old South Beach flu take, which is the, you know, really like the traditional take when it comes to playing the Miami Heat, maybe Jalen Rose was trying to add a new caveat in, then Greeny doubled down on it. It ain't the weather, guys. I'm sure Jalen Brunson walking from the the air-conditioned bus to the arena for the two minutes that he makes that walk, he's just fine. It's not affecting his game. I mean, if you want something that's going to affect the game, watch the Denver-Phoenix game later tonight. That game's at altitude. That game, players say, has an effect in the first quarter because that's where you're trying to catch your breath early in that game. Allen Iverson famously said that about the All-Star game, I believe, when it was there, how like right away you feel it weighing down on you in the first quarter. So that could have an effect, but I don't know how Miami in the 70s at sea level for an indoor game in air condition is going to get you, but I'm sure Jalen's got something else to that. I would love to find out what it is. James. All right, staying with this series, uh, we heard from Joe's close personal friend, Stephen A. Smith, yesterday about how mm-hmm. fed up he was yeah. with Julius Randle's performance against the Heat in the Eastern Conference semis. And after another not-so-great performance in Game 4 last night, 20 points, 9 rebounds, fouled out. Uh, Stephen A.'s mood hasn't really changed about the Knicks big man. For me, when I look at him, I'm just done. Now, I understand he shows up to work every day, so I give him a lot of love and credit for that. And certainly during the regular season, you can take Julius Randle all day, every day. But come postseason time, you got to find a better option than this brother. He's not going to do it for you. They figure him out. They know his game. They know he's always, even when he's going right, J.J., he's still going left. I mean, with the left. He's not ambidextrous in any way. He's not going to use his right hand. You know what he's going to do. He's very transparent and predictable. I'm just of that mindset that I'm done believing. Believing in this dude. That's what I mean when I say I'm done. I'm done believing in him in the postseason. I'm done hoping and praying. So, Joe, your close personal friend, Stephen A., done yeah. with Julius Randle. Any chance that Randle and the Knicks can get things back on track and get back into the series? No. God, no. God, no. They they look horrible in these games. They, they are sloppy on offense. They're not good enough on defense. They don't have enough scoring options. They just don't have enough scoring options, even if they find a way to grab another game. The only one they won was game two without Jimmy Butler, and that still came down to the wire. So there's not a whole lot else to add. I'll give Randall a little bit of credit. He injured his ankle with two weeks to go in the season. There may still be some effects of that ailing him, but ultimately Stephen A's right in that when you pay him that kind of money and he's your superstar, you need superstar level performances. Booker's giving you that. Jokic is giving you that. James Harden gave you that in a couple games. Jimmy Butler's been giving you that. Julius Randle has not been providing that for the Knicks. But 
Julius Randle is not the superstar. I mean, the problem isn't Julius Randle. The problem is Stephen A. Smith's expectations of Julius Randle and the Knicks' expectations of Julius Randle and everybody else's expectations of Julius Randle because there's something about joining the New York Knicks where they want to turn people into superstars. They want it so badly and so desperately. You've seen it even with Jalen Brunson, who did have a heck of a season for the Knicks, but it's a little different here in the postseason when you're relying on just Brunson and Randle to try to beat these very well-coached teams and the Miami Heat, a team that turns it on in the postseason and has kind of out-hustled everybody in that respect. With Julius Randle, he still put up 20. It's our expectations of who Julius Randle, I think, is supposed to be, which I don't know why those expectations exist other than money. He's Julius Randle. Like, what are we doing? Stephen A. Smith's upset. He's not ambidextrous. Like, what does he think he's Giannis out here? He's Julius Randle, Stephen. Julius Randle. <laughs> you fell for the rope-a-dope. With the Julius Randle thing. He's just Julius Randle. He's not actually a superstar in this league. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 